and welcome everybody to Sonic Talk number 438, uh, which might have some form of numerical reference. I'm not sure if it does or not, but uh, I want to say welcome everybody and thanks very much to our sponsors. Uh, remember, we're going to be hearing from Isotope later if you want to win a copy of Ozone 7 or in fact, you've already entered the competition and from last week and you want to find out if you won and also many thanks to UVI. This is the Falcon, which is their software instrument. It's a creative hybrid instrument. If you want to check it out, go to uvi.net and download a demo and watch the videos. In fact, there's a very interesting video about uh, that was quite educational about all sorts of granular synthesis technology, which I was re- watching earlier today. Uh, anyway, I want to say welcome to our guests. Welcome to the chat room. Chat room is there in full effect. We've got lots of people there. If you want to see us live, uh, we are in fact, uh, we record every Wednesday, 4pm UK time, sonicstate.com forward slash live. There's a live video stream and chat room if this is the first time you've seen us. And if you like what you see and you're watching this on YouTube or maybe you're listening to this on iTunes or MP3, do subscribe to whatever medium suits you because uh, we like to uh, gather everybody and when we're uh, releasing new stuff which happens all the time new videos interviews gear reviews all that sort of stuff you'll be the first to know anyway let's get to our guests we'll start over here we'll start in reverse order with mr mark tinley who's over there uh, in glastonbury mark tinley of course sound Artist, creative thinker, MarkTinley.co.uk, or is it like being? I forget where it is supposed to be now. You have so many domains. It doesn't really matter. It all works. They all work. Have you muted this? No, no, I can hear you. You're fine. Oh, jolly good. Um, yeah, likebeing.com will take you to all those things anyway. So it's uh, that either MarkTinley.co.uk is the music one. And then uh, I've got mark.ty-wharton.com, which is my new name, which ah. is my philosophical channel, you see. Right. Well, maybe what we should do is so just... Peter to... philosophical look. Point, point you in the right direction. <laughs> if you go to the one that you can see below Mark's lower third, then uh, you'll be able to find him. Anyway, good to have you aboard, Mark. And we'll... music. Absolutely. Uh, we'll also join Mr. Gaz Waldo Williams. Uh, Gaz Williams, bass player, music technologist, producer, VST yeah. Connect uh, artist. Uh, <laughs> all of those things. I'm only saying that because yeah. we, we we had a go at VST Connect session earlier today, which was marginally successful, but we still need to troubleshoot it a bit. But it's quite an interesting bit of technology. Anyway, how are you, Gaz? And you've you missed out gig promoter as well. Oh, gig promoter. Well, we'll talk about that later, won't we? Because uh, we are doing a gig. <laughs> Yes. Stay tuned for details. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice to be back. I've been on for a while. Um, yeah. Good. VST Connect, it promises so much, doesn't it? You know, this is the this is the ability to, uh, to have, real, have real people as a plug-in. I love that idea. You know, it's like, uh, what plug-in shall I put on this track? I know. Rich Hilton. <laughs> Plop, plop them in there. Real people, real, real people as plugins. It nearly works, but it's kind of interesting, um, and I'm sure we'll get it. I think we got we got to the point where we got it working, but there was an issue with latency on the recorded tracks because I know I'm pretty bad at playing, but I wasn't that bad. And every time I played back, it, the whole thing was seemed to be advanced <laughs> by kind of or d- delayed by about forty milliseconds, which one would imagine would be the sort it's, of thing. Yeah, it's it's not meant to do that. No, it's, we'll figure it out. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out, I'm sure. Anyway, Gaz, that nice to have you aboard. And likewise, Mr. David Spears, uh, who is there in his synth cave. Dave Spears from G4 Software, of course, and also uh, producer of the fabulous uh, Bright Sparks movie, where you can see lots and lots of uh, interesting people talking about the whole kind of culture of making synthesizers. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. I got more synths. I could see, yeah, they've sort of stood up. Have you just taken them off the shelves, or what's going on? I've got some stuff from Chris's. Is he decorating? Well, Chris is supposed to be putting up shelves. So the CS80 and the Profit 5 Rev 2 went to Kent's to get fixed. And I thought, well, while I've got a little bit of space, if Chris brings a load of synths up here, then he can put the remaining stuff in the middle of his room and put up loads of shelves, and then we've got more room to put up more synths hey that's what it's all about i would imagine this miniaturization trend and if you see yourself in another 30 years that's probably quite good news right (laughs) 
you see what I mean. Because then, the, yeah, maybe if any of them actually get to be classics that one would want in your collection, I mean, that's debatable. But uh, you know, miniaturisation is probably not a bad trend. But just a bigger room. Yeah, well, there's that too. That too. Like a really big room. I'd like one of those barns with anyway. Yeah, yeah me. I'd like what well, like, like Robbie often joins us in. That looks yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, just full of synthesizers. Excellent. Well, that's what I like the sound of. Anyway, let's let's begin. Um, there is uh, Cordbot. Hi, my name's Brad Holland, and I'm the founder of Isla Instruments. I've been making music for around 15 years, and I'm reasonable at playing the piano, but I don't have a whole lot of music theory, and I do all of my playing by ear. As a result of that, I'll, I'll pass fast with chord bar. Now basically, we have those chords stored into memory. We have a quite interesting MIDI device, just as if you had played it yourself. We can also choose to store this chord to a memory pad. Let's enter a few more. I'll fast forward. I think there's a performance later. Yeah, here we go. This is this this illustrates what this is about. We're certain we you'll find plenty of inspiration here. Let's take a look at Chordbot in action. Yes. There was a lot of bottom end on that bass drum. Crikey. Guess that's an arpeggiator. We've got drum pads. So there's our arpeggiator there. And then I think he comes up with some other chords on this. There's a fourth part coming in a minute, which shows us... There, there we go. So basically, Chordbot appears to be... And it's quite clear. I mean, it's not that this hasn't been done in software before and with pads, but this is a standalone little sort of, I guess, MIDI note processor that allows you to program in chords, but also to... Uh, modulate the inversions modulate the ways that they're triggered and enables you to create sequences and in fact suggest sequences based on what you're playing in so we've seen that kind of thing in steinberg's uh, chord track and in the things like that gas but this is a hardware thing and the thing that makes this kind of interesting this is on kickstarter and you know one might think mm, yeah it's all right but actually if you look on kickstarter they they launched uh, i think it wasn't very long ago and in 20 in 18 hours they basically sold out the whole lot so they've raised 76 grand uh, with 27 days to go. So there's obviously a big desire for this. And I just wondered, you know, what uh, what the panel thought. I'll start with you guys, because we've, we've covered mm. this kind of thing before in uh, Cubase and the chord yeah. track and the way that it analyzes incoming MIDI and also the pitch of uh, audio and stuff. It's quite, it's quite a compelling technology in itself, right? I think it's really interesting. I think we... You know, many people have been getting different step sequences as well, you know, which are resultly polyphonic. And you kind of think, oh, this is really nice. Sorry, monophonic. But, you know, you just kind of think, oh, it'd be nice to have something that can manipulate chords in real time. And this just is the ticket for that kind of thing. I think um, the... Uh, the fact that you can do an omnichord thing is the icing on the cake. But uh, there's very little details at the moment about the sequencer side of it. I think it says it's not; it's still in development. Uh, the, the 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 actual sequencer side of things. So, um, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, as with many of these things, yeah. that's the case. But 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 certainly, you know, to be able to well to have chord and really interesting chord progressions with lots of interesting inversions and that kind of thing, I think is a really exciting thing in a piece of hardware. As I say, if it plays well with all the other bits of hardware and if it can spit out MIDI in, or, or if it can act as a, a, a scale translator to, to, to whatever chords you're doing, um, I couldn't find out that kind of information. That essentially would give it a cue-based chord track functionality uh you know could you imagine if 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 it could translate so whatever chord sequence you're putting it in uh, that you put in if it if, if it acts as a midi translator for any notes then um that you play on other devices 
I'm not mm, quite sure yeah. how that would do if MIDI if MIDI flows through it and it can uh, process that information. That would make it a terrific product, then, really. Um, it would. It's interesting, isn't it? How it's almost. I mean, it's almost mm. auto accompaniment technology, really, isn't it? But yeah. without the sound source, so you're not stuck to your Tyros engine or your Korg PA engine or whatever. But obviously, but certain other things going on aside from that. It does. It does seem a bit of a strange. Uh, yeah, but it does seem a bit strange that the buttons and the key, as far as I can tell, like those chord pad buttons uh, that, that they were playing drums on as well and they don't appear to be velocity sensitive but that that strip is or that's pressure sensitive anyway the strip is so uh it seems that it could have missed a little trick there for being a really because it's got bluetooth midi in as well ah okay so, so you know for being an all-in-one you know actually a keyboard as well with because obviously the notes that are laid out there are really for just entering um, the chords in as opposed to playing it as a MIDI keyboard. So, um, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess the devil's in the details. I mean, it's going to be, I, I, it's on the Kickstarter. I think the early bird one was 179 bucks and the, the later ones were 204. So I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere around there. And the thing that I found interesting was right at the beginning, I mean, you know, I said you don't have to know what you're doing with music, but the thing that I found, because I've been practicing and coming, trying to come up with tunes and, and I find I fall into the same kind of scales, you know, D, G, F sharp, C, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And something like this might actually force me to move out of that because it will help me. I know, Dave, I mean, you can play keyboards pretty well. I mean, do you find, have you, is this sort of technology something that you think you might be able to learn from or might be able to harness, shall we say? Both. Yeah, harness maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What do I know? I know nothing. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us. That was... Uh... Just what, yeah, and I'll be off now. Uh, no, well, everything Gaz said, really. Uh, I like this kind of thing. There was a brilliant, I had a U20 years ago, a little Roland synth, which had mm. chord. In fact, that was kind of inspiration for Oddity 2 to have the chord function thing on it because I like the transposition. But the idea of having two, so you could set up chords and then you could transpose them and they'd be completely, you know, you'd have, it allowed you to do augmented and sus fours and whatever. And I like that idea of just kind of, so you've got your the basis of a track and then you can just kind of input these, other things that, like you say, your fingers don't fall into those shapes normally or you don't think along those lines. And half the time, it's it's a brilliant, happy accident kind of tool. Mm. And I love that. I really love it. Well, yeah, because quite often the, the sound of, you know, a certain set of chords over a certain root note or the mm. modal set is not, you know, something that to know, you'd have to know, you know, whereas if you go, oh, that's interesting. So that's how you get that sound. It's a this over this. Right, okay, you know, that, that I kind did of... A, sorry, yeah, I did a... I used the U20 to do this. I kind of put it all in, you know, recorded it all in, used MIDI and stuff like that. But um, I I did a kind of Pat Metheny thing, a, a, quite a fast tempo. And then I handed it to arguably one of the best session guitarists in the entire world. And he just looked at me <laughs> going, did you play this? Like I was some kind of hero. I was really tempted to lie. But then when I showed him how it was done, he was like, that's really brilliant because from a, you know, I was approaching it from a rhythmic point of view, but the chord functions were giving me the ideas for the various chords. And if you input them with a half decent amount of rhythm, you can build up some amazing stuff. So this is quite exciting, actually. Mm. Good. Uh, uh, what about you, Mark? I know your input device is generally guitar-based, but something like this could be kind of useful. Uh, I've got a keyboard in front of me with four octaves on it. And I can make basic chord shapes. But also in front of me, I've got Launchpad Pro. Ah, yeah. And I programmed my Launchpad Pro over the course of about three sleepless nights uh, to have the circle of fifths on it. So if if you were to take the letter T on my Launchpad Pro, which is um, it's a block of 16. No, it's not. It's a block of three wide and four high. Yeah. Um, each one of those, each in the middle of those, each one is a major chord, and it just follows round the whole circle of fifths. But then I put the minor chords in underneath that, so I've got all I've got all the relationships in that letter T. And then if I hold down, and then I underneath that I've got uh, two note chords, and underneath that and I've got the 
Oh God, what are they called? The little three-note chord things that can jump through different scales. Are they called augmented or diminished or something? I did lots of maths anyway. <laughs> and I created this whole environment. But the thing is, of course, nothing's labelled and it has no musical... Rele uh, no musical... Um, Oh, what's the word? Uh, reference point. Context, yes. In, in other words, I look at it and I go, okay, I'm going to find a chord. So I, I'll, I'll dab around the thing till I find a chord that's working with my music. But I don't know what the chord is, but I know that all the chords with good relationships to that are in close proximity. Um, and it allows me to put... And, I, and the sound I used on it is an accordion sound because I've got a, a Casio, an old Casio keyboard with which if you hold down one chord, you get major, two chords, two fingers, you ah, get yeah, minor, yeah. That's the, three fingers. There, there is a protocol, isn't there, to, uh, to, to, um, um, to that? Um, and uh, in the back of my mind, the album, which I was thinking of when I was trying to create, thinking like I'm going to create some backing like this, was The The, uh, the first The The app album, which is called Soul Mining, I think. And that's yeah. all Brilliant got album. like accordion in the background, yeah. Um, so I can create this kind of The The vibe to anything by playing this accordion sound on the on the launch pad but i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> but you're, so i'm looking at this thing and i'm thinking okay so if i can hold down the note then i know that i'm holding down the root and then i've got all of those different chords to the left of it yeah that's the thing on the, uh, the, the, the left does... hand side buttons are, are are kind of you know major minor sus i guess i mean i can't quite see from here but i mean yeah. this is like a this is like an omni chord on steroids isn't it really yeah you know the Suzuki Omnichord? It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like that, yes. but like it's like you know, it's a whole whole new level of it. And then the thing I'm seeing, which is the thing that interests me the most, because I don't know any musical theory, I just completely go by ear, is that his stretch goal after he gets past eighty five grand is he's gonna create a progression suggestion thing. And then that mm. for me is just like, okay, if I'm trying to songwrite and I the same as you, I always end up going around the same three or four chords. In fact, I always end up playing The Cure's A Forest over everything or Another Girl, Another Planet. So those are my two kind of like, they're yeah, the two I know, tunes I, understand I know, that. right? Or yeah, 12 Bar Blue. Gaz, you wanted to... to be told, like, the next chord you could try playing is this one or this one, and then to experiment with that, and then to see how that triggers vocal melodies. That would yeah, be exciting. that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I'd, but, I'd, but as a... As a, a consummate penny pincher, you've already got something. Yeah, yeah, I could have bought one for one seven nine. I'm now going. I don't want to pay two four nine for one. <laughs> Gas, you wanted to come <laughs> maybe in. Maybe I'll wait till it comes out. I don't know. Um, uh, maybe I should just take a wild punt and throw two hundred and forty nine dollars out to the wind and see what happens. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think, Gas? <laughs> I think. Uh... I think it, it, it could be a brilliant tool. I mean, because uh, I was just going to mention about uh, Cubase uh, and the chord track on Cubase. Just um, it's not the chord track, the chord pads. So it had chord, uh, I think from version eight, Cubase introduced this idea of chord pads, which is very similar in in, in an idea to to the pads that uh, that are there on the top of this of this device. Um, but what I was going to say is that the, in the pre, you get presets in Cubase for what are what chords are on those pads and um and we've seen a similar thing on native instruments machine as well where you know you can have it so it, it plays like um sort of basic triad chords in any key but also you can have it where there's you know very special chords maybe not so diatonically sort of Right, uh, related chords. Jazzy, I think, is the word you're looking ja for. Yeah, maybe, yeah, jazzy <laughs> chords. Uh, but what's really interesting, you've got a really big list of presets of chords on the Cubase chord pad one, and when you go through different ones of those and you go between the pads, um, the, uh, just the, the the musical inspiration of going between, pat, between chords uh is a really exciting. Well, I really, mean, this, really is, this has got uh, what's that? Uh, four by mm. eight, four by thirty-two chords per per note, I suppose. So there's. Some, there's I can't see why you need that many. Well, because there are that many, I suppose. I mean, if you, yes. I mean, if I hold down on if I'm on my Launchpad Pro because I've got majors and minors. If I hold down certain majors and minors at the same time. Some of those major yeah, chords have the same notes in as minors, and then it creates the minor sevenths and the major sevenths and the sevenths and the 
diminished and the, all those things. You can, and then, although I don't know what it's doing, I kind of can understand well, I, some Well, I'll just interrupt you there. The thing about this is what I say, you know, because you're taking the cord and then it, there, there seems to be a knob where you can rotate the inversion and the spread. That, so that, that's the thing that I find quite interesting. Yeah, so you can take the cord. Because that brilliant. often in orchestral music, because of the way that the, that, that, that the instruments have their ranges, you know, mm -hmm. you might have certain parts of the chord in the lower registers, some others other way, and then violin, you know. And so you can get all these really interesting voicings. And that's the thing that I think makes a big difference. It's the voicings of a chord because we all generally i mean i don't know about you but i generally fall into the octaves and then a triad or maybe a clustered you know whatever four note chord in the and that's basically my keyboard skills in a nutshell so this is something that i would probably quite enjoy and i did speak to the chap i mean because he's really excited i mean obviously getting that level of funding they, they've obviously done something right and it may mm. be something to do with the fact that his the, his intro is a little bit car salesy i don't know but um kickstarter kind of featured it and they've got a we love this project kind of thing which i think probably helps enormously spreading the word so project yeah, yeah project we love it says there so they've obviously got something uh, going on but but i mean that's an astonishing uh, level of funding i mean that's fantastic i, I mean i know about you dave I, I anything i i'd like to you know imagine you know you've got a two months or, a, or or 40 days and you're done in the first 18 hours that's got to make you feel pretty good about yourself and your concept isn't it i do think yeah amazing that shows yeah had a discussion about this here recently i was like no no no, no. everyone's got everyone should put their money where their mouth is because that way fear is the best motivator and somebody said to me, never put your own money where your mouth is. Always put somebody else's. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I kind of get that. Uh, no, I, I really do wish them well. I mean, one thing I will say is I used, uh, there was a plug-in Cthulhu. It's the Expo Records guy. I think it's Steve Duda. And that's a really uh, cool little plug-in that gives you kind of load of chord options and stuff like that. Well worth checking if you want to do it in software. Nah. Yeah, no, there there's are. A, there's there, another there are good options. one on the iPad as well. Right. Um, I use a thing called Polychord on the iPad, which is really good, um, mm. which works just like an Omnichord, actually, and it's even got a little rumble strip along the side so you can play your own little arpeggio. Cordion as well. Have you tried that, Mark? Cordion. That's a similar similar concept again maybe I've as, got an I, as an ipad yeah, maybe that's no no called. you're right you're right no that that is that you're right um polychord but cordion is another one which is a little bit more configurable actually um that's the one with the little hexagons in it is it that's that's it yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you can check it out. Kickstarter. Uh, it's by Isla. No, Isla Instruments. Uh, you can go to. Uh, but I think we put a story up on the site. Do check it. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out yourself. Although you can't actually now buy anything. The only ones that are left are kind of packs of 10 and 20 and the like. So you need to really. All the cheap ones are gone. So uh, you're going to need, you know thousands of dollars to get hold of one uh sooner but hopefully it'll all you know with that level of of money behind them hopefully they'll be in manufacture fairly quickly right well it sounds oh uh, gas Sorry. does have what's that that's i was just calling that one up that's the that's cordial oh, yeah. yeah i've got that that's one as well a, is that an yeah. ipad that's a big ipad gas is that an ipad pro it is an ipad pro ah. <laughs> so that's my uh so there's some b a s t a r d who stole my laptop I've the insurance have paid out and I've got those two for the money. XR18. XR18 and an iPad Pro instead of a lap instead of a single laptop. In fact, the insurance only paid out a third of the price of the laptop. Oh. So oh, that little well, that little combo that little combo is pretty cool though. I mean, I did a did a, a studio session on Monday with it and uh it's it's pretty damn it's a pretty damn awesome fast way of working. With so little fuss and bother, I thought. What were wow, you recording? What were you using to record on the iPad? Uh, Cubasis. Ah, okay. And you just chuck yeah. it in, record, and off you go, and it'll just. How much? Yeah. How much storage it, have you got on the iPad Pro? Uh, One hundred twenty-eight gig. Oh right, so that should keep. And you just f get somehow get the files yeah, there's off new, there. Yeah, but there's new in Cubasis the latest update. There is actually uh, e external drive support for backing up data. Ooh. Ah, nice. So we'll have to do. Yeah. A, we'll have to talk about that at some other point. But that is, yeah, because I'm, I'm using the yeah. XR here for doing all sorts of, for just you know setting up this little synth uh, setup yes. I've got here, and they are great little things, aren't they? I, I'm just very interested to see if I can do it with if I can go without a laptop now. I've got a, I've got a Mac Pro in my studio, but I'm going to see if if uh, if a laptop 
if I can live life without a laptop. <laughs> okay. Well, that's an interesting... Someone experience. else is living their life with my laptop. Swines. Swines. Right. Well, uh, maybe uh, maybe on, an, on a more positive note, maybe we should have a word from our sponsors which I think wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, of course, uh, Isotope, uh, I will be playing the video. Well, I'll try and start playing. Oh, it played first time. Look at that. Uh, okay. ...mastering tools in Ozone and Ozone Advanced. Now, the latest Isotope innovations in Ozone 7 bring modern and vintage processing to the forefront of the music production experience. Updated for Ozone 7, Ozone's highly regarded maximizer features a brand new frequency-specific IRC4 algorithm that delivers transparent mixes with less pumping and distortion. Use it to smooth out an unwieldy mix, or tame the kick drum peaks without affecting the vocals. The Dynamic EQ, now in both the advanced and standard versions of Ozone, lives and breathes with your audio, giving you more effective control over your sound without coloring your entire mix. Harness the precision of an equalizer and the musical ballistics of a compressor in one integrated processor. For Ozone 7, vintage-inspired processing puts nostalgic tone at your fingertips to bring the creative color and character of analog hardware to your digital recordings. Glue your mix together and bring a natural feel to harsh-sounding recordings with the Vintage Limiter. Vintage Tape adds the dimension, warmth, and depth of tape saturation to your masters for a timeless sound that suits your creative vision. Brighten your mix, smooth out heavy low end, and add body with the Pultec modeled Vintage EQ. Tighten the lows, thicken the mid-range, and let the highs sparkle with the versatile Vintage Compressor. Indeed, we want to say thank you very much to Isotope for their continued sponsor of the show. And of course, if you're waiting with bated breath, as I'm sure many of you are, because we do, we seem to have had a massive jump in entries to the Ozone 7 competition. Uh, we have a winner from last week. Uh, I will get, there'll be details of the uh, next competition just shortly after this. I want to say congratulations to I Am Silly Noises on Twitter. That's the at I Am Silly Noises. Uh, he won or she, they won uh, Ozone 7 last week by tweeting the hashtag fix the mix and the hashtag ozone seven and uh, i want to say thank you very uh, much for entering everybody and uh, if you get in touch at silly noises then uh, we'll be able to get the isotope fairy to drop off a copy in your inbox and of course we have another competition this week because they're giving it away every week at the moment which is fantastically generous of them uh, i want to say uh, if you want to enter to win this week's competition you need to twist tweet the hashtag just sounds better and the hashtag Ozone7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And if you are picked, uh, you will have a chance to win the Ozone7. So the hashtag just sounds better and the hashtag Ozone7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. will get you where you need to do, go enter the competition. I want to say thank you very much to them for continuing sponsor of the show. Uh, well, from one kind of robot-assisted or automatically-assisted uh, topic to another. Let's see what you make of this. We believe that if you augment humans with technology, humans should be able to do, or would be able to do, uh, much more. That's right, that is a drummer with another arm sort of strapped onto his shoulder, which looks pretty weird. I, I, I think, I suppose, would it look weirder if it had a sleeve on it, I suppose? Uh, You'd look like a right nutter then, but... Uh, this is uh, Georgia Institute right of Technology. It's also very spatial. Something. You need to go to the right places. So what better medium than to try the concept of a third arm that would augment you and allow you to do uh, things that you couldn't before than music. And that's where the shared control uh, come to play and the whole idea of cyborgs, augmented humans. Now, the thing that's very interesting about this, because, it, frankly, it's pretty freaky and a bit off the wall, but the clever thing is, is it's listening to the musical input so the impulses and the rhythm of it and it's also able to move in milliseconds you know uh, accuracy so you can play rhythmically stuff and you know so obviously attention head grab uh, headline grabbing i'm guessing they probably got more wider technology for use with this i'm not sure what those purposes are but obviously uh, dave i have to come to you because you are in fact a drummer 
So, uh, I mean, it's pretty bonkers, but it's quite an interesting kind of this notion of augmented because we've had augmented reality this sort of idea of augmented physicality is quite an interesting idea maybe or maybe not what a great time to be alive eh? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah weird but actually good when you look at it there's some real subtleties in here i could i could i could really make jokes about this for the next half hour but actually when you look at it and you analyze it there are some real subtleties in there and yeah it's a kind of strange thing to start looking at this kind of augmented reality nonsense uh, stuff um with but actually it's a really sensible thing in a way because you do have to be accurate and in time and when you look at the way that little robotic thing was playing when especially the symbol actually when you get that kind of camera view and you look down it's not dissimilar to the way a kind of drummer would use, you know, uh, let me guess if I can get my fingers, you know, would kind of press. And it was really interesting, really interesting. Not quite sure whether it's up to super drummer standards. No, it's it? quite Although quiet. I can think of several, several drummers that it was better than. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it didn't kind of overplay. I mean, three, I, I was thinking, because at first I was thinking, brilliant, it'd be like an arachnid, wouldn't it? You could have four arms. Why stop at three? Have, yeah, just eight or ten, and then you could really annoy everyone on your massive drum kit <laughs> in the middle of a pub. Although he pub was, he, the the drummer did actually have to be very careful. He couldn't freak out because obviously, if you start freaking out, then the arm would start waving around and thrashing, and it would have to make some quite vigorous movements, which could cause problems. I mean, in in the article that I wrote to a company that item on Sonic, I posted it yesterday. I, I did, you know, wonder whether or not actually it'd be quite useful as a drinks holder. So you could be playing with your two arms, and then it could just kind of like, you know, feed you the yeah. drink of your choice, and you wouldn't have to stop drumming. Yeah, but, but <laughs> Remember that people used to have overhead, they had overhead mic things, didn't they? And they'd have their roadie put some kind of spliff in there and they'd be like playing away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this sounding much better now. But yeah, I'd like to, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of, it's a weird thing. I'd kind of like to talk to the person about it because there are a lot of subtleties uh, behind the scenes and understanding those and how they reach those. I've been doing a load of, analysis of drums and drumming and drummers uh trying to work out things out in a mathematical way so i stopped after about 30 seconds but this is uh yeah very interesting yeah very it could be I, I also you could have it just twirling the drumsticks so one hand's just continually twirling a stick while the other one's playing that would give you some visual stuff but yeah it, it's kind of interesting i know mark what do you make of this i i have a feeling that you know if you put your mind to it you could think about i mean i was wondering about three-handed keyboards you know you could then you could actually be playing three keyboards at the same time although it would need fingers which would probably be a bit more difficult to articulate it's very interesting i mean i'm obviously they using a drummer because because um of the timing i mean the the complexity of timing of playing drums means that well first of all i can't play them because <laughs> i'm too dyspraxic but i mean if if you can make it do something as complex as playing a drum kit then you can use it for other um other things right that's that's right. what i understood from it um i mean i don't know i mean that it's it, the 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 whole. Um, how is he controlling it from just by thinking? No, I think what it's doing is picking. It, there's a mic in the room, as far as I understand it. This is you know, it's limited information. There's a mic in the room, and yeah. there's uh, th there's the movement of his shoulder. So it's picking up those things and 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 working with what it hears and what it's feeling. If you see what I mean. Oh, that's really weird. I mean, I know when they replace limbs on people, people can learn to use their robotic limbs. And by learning by learning how to think to make the limb respond to certain different thoughts, um, you're, you send signals to your existing nerves, what's left of your nerves, if you uh, amputee, and the, and the leg or arm or whatever will start to learn that. But to actually put additional ones on someone, that could be like really weird, couldn't it? I mean, uh, then Sorry. instead of me saying I've got four arms, as in four arms, I could actually have four arms. I could like <laughs> shimmy around with all these extra arms on. It would be like really cool. Um, 
Yeah, I could play. I mean, what something me and my brother used to do when we were much younger was Adam would like play the guitar, the rhythm section, and I would because I had longer arms, I'd kind of huddle in behind him and and play the lead guitar section on the top half of the guitar while he was playing the bottom half of the guitar. But if you had one of those ridiculous three necked guitars, you could you could, you could do all sorts, couldn't you? I mean, the weight of a three-neck guitar and the weight of the uh, the robotic arms might be a bit too much for the old hips and knees to bear at this point in life. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm being a bit humorous about it, but I, I can see that it has got some uh, serious... Um, it's, got, it's, got it's, got it's got legs, yeah, or arms, yeah. Very, legs. very good. Brilliant. I mean, I love these kind of things because obviously, again, we we talked a little bit about this last time with the sort of you know the solution looking for a problem. But I mean, you could imagine there there would be. I mean, I imagine you know people who are uh, have uh, difficulty using their limbs in a standard way. You know, the the fact that it could be something to augment their experience or giving you, I mean, could you, I, you, you know, we've seen in various space movies, those ideas of sort of skeletal suits that give you this sort of extra, I think aliens is the first time we saw it where, you know, Ripley gets into the suit and fights the alien. Cause she's got all this power. This they is assist. Though, yeah, they, they do actually. Yeah. That's very true. In they Japan, do. The Japanese have got them to help For, with the housework. Uh, well, not only that, but I think they actually that they, they exist in in terms of warehousing. So you use them; like, they're like kind of wearable forklift trucks. Hmm. Yeah, I think. exactly. But super oh, maybe strange, I'm maybe right? I'm imagining that. I'm not sure. No, I don't think you are. I think it's true. Well, if you want to know more, um, this is oh, George. Sorry, go go go. No, 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 no. I was just thinking we had a conversation about something a couple of podcasts ago where it was it'll be driven by pornography. We were talking about a lot of the inventive leaps, innovation has come through <laughs> pornography. And this is a kind of almost another perfect example, isn't it? I'm not sure what you okay. mean, Dave. I can't imagine any, <laughs> any, any, any situation where a robotic arm would be better than the real thing. There but, is a very good way to know. It'd be like sleeping with things. somebody you admire. <laughs> hey! Yes. There, there, there is a very good website for this kind of thing. I, I, I have seen it, actually. Because it gets, you know, tweeted or Facebooked every so often, but it's the the F word, fmachines.com. In it's it's quite extraordinary uh well we should probably for, for just in terms of uh trying to keep the uh explicit content uh, sticker off the show maybe we oh, can leave that, that yeah word. but we we but the subject matter anyway right oh, so I see. oh my god um well, bad man um, oh gas yes no, it's just about this thing. It's what's what's interesting to me is is this whole idea of precedent that once something exists, then it it gets it gets good, doesn't it? People start getting good at things uh, once you can see that it exists. Like this whole idea is quite far fetched, and a few years ago we would have perhaps been quite sceptical about it, but now it exists, albeit at this very early stage. You do have to really speculate what the future has in store for us, you know, 20 years from now, maybe even 10 years from now, this kind of thing may be advanced to the point where, from a studio point of view, we don't think anything of it, you know. So, like, we're coming to our setup and we've got various MIDI controllers, you know, that you put on some sort of outfit that's got various limbs attached to it, but... and. And you are your controllers, if you know what I mean. And to be able to do all sorts of really interesting things is... You could play that, like anything that you wanted. Yeah, but that's what I thought when I was watching that. I was thinking people will get really, really good at this. Once it becomes a reality, once it becomes, you know, commercially available, people will get so good at it. We, we can't conceive of it, of what people will do. Uh, because the idea of it is so radical. So that's that's what I was kind of thinking. You know, it's amazing if you could be playing a whole band at the same time. You know, mm. I'm sure it will. Yes. Anyway, you could. I, I, again, I, I imagine I it's, it's really something that would come. Right, let's get on to uh, th this uh, is a, a topic close to uh, close to Gaz's heart because he's the one who was the, uh, the, pre the presenter. Let me see if I've got uh, the right video here. Hold on a minute. Uh, I think it's that one. Hello, Gaz Williams here for Sonic State and tonight I'm at St George's Hall in Bristol for a concert celebrating the music of Barry Gray. Who's Barry Gray? Barry Gray is the 
composer behind those wonderful Super Marionation series by Jerry Anderson. So that's Thunderbirds, uh, Stingray, Captain Scarlet, Space 1999, UFO, big list. And it's terrific, dynamic, exciting music, and it's going to be performed by an orchestra. It's the Charles Hazelwood all-star collective who are going to be performing with a couple of very special guests including Jarvis Cocker and Adrian Utley from Portishead. But the reason we're here is that it's also going to feature two rather special rare electronic instruments as well. What are they? Well, you'll have to come with me and we'll go and find out. And you remember that sound, the sound of the Misterons? <laughs> well, that comes directly from this very strange instrument just behind me here, which looks like a collection of furniture from Granny's boudoir. But in fact, it's a first-generation electronic instrument designed in the late 1920s called an Orne Martineau. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about how it works. It has many and various guises. It can whir, it can fart, it can burble, it can shriek. It can do unearthly things to you, ladies and gentlemen, especially in the hands of the great Francois Evans. What's more, ladies and gentlemen, we have Barry Gray's own Orne Martineau here on this stage with us right now. This is the very instrument that created the sound of the Misterons. Here we are in St George's Hall. I've got with me... I won't play the whole thing because I would encourage you to watch that. But uh, this was the... Uh, it was a gig a uh, couple of... Oh, last weekend, uh, last Friday. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember when it was. I think Week it was, last Friday. Week last yeah. Friday. Uh, and uh, as being a friend of aid, uh, we, I rang him up and said, oh, any chance we'd come over and have a look? It was spotted by Andy. And Gaz very kindly stepped in and uh, presented very well. Uh, and... We were able to see uh, the Swarmatron and also the um, the On Martino, which Mel Martino, which is, it, it, in the hands of him and those various Francois Evans was just a really interesting mm-hmm. thing. And there's various clips of the music and how it's used in there. And of course, you got to talk to Jarvis Cocker as well. It must have been what I mean. You saw it in the flesh. I mean, it looks like a very impressive uh, thing. I, I, I must admit, yeah. some of the subtlety of the sound variation was lost on me a little bit, but. I guess uh, there well, it was different. Oh yeah, no. Um, Francois Evans, he really can play that thing incredibly well. He's such. He was so expert at it. So, it, um, and especially during a concert as well. I just thought I was, I was really marvelling at, at what uh, it was a much more flexible device than uh, than I was expecting, really. And um, you know, he's got well. If you watch the video, you know he'll explain. He's got he can vary the cut, you know, the filter with a with a paddle with his knee, and you know there's lots of there's much more expressivity on it than uh, than I than I was aware of really. Um, and in fact, I, I thought it's funny the the little block that's on the little control panel that comes out. It actually made me think of the Expressive E Touche controller. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, because he he was talking about it as being like a bit like a cello that you know you apply pressure to this um to this like sort of like sprung block uh, and i thought oh yeah that that's funny it's i thought there was a little parallel with that uh but the three different speakers were quite interesting um all of which weren't particularly loud uh well i should mention that uh, st george's hall in bristol has a particularly beautiful and and quite famous um acoustic sound in there so it's where you'll often see uh re- you know recitals small small recitals but high high quality beautiful sound so the on martineau in that room was terrific and those that strange assortment of speakers yeah i've got a well, picture of them here that, um similar yeah. similar things yeah the the resonator yeah. and, and the, the uh symbol and the, the just the regular cone as but well the speakers the speakers are part of the expression you see so you've got switches which so you can use the different speakers for different types of sound so uh, they're almost like presets that you'd switch to the to one of the speakers if you wanted a more of a metallic sound. You know, uh, uh, very peculiar. The only thing I could think of similar to that was a guitarist having two, you know, a Marshall amp and a Fender tweed and a switch. But, you know, but um, really unusual that. Um, well, that actually, I think um, I'm, I forget the name of the company. There's a French company who've remade the uh, symbol company, a French uh, French, ah. French company. I'm trying to remember who they were. They 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 make and they they also remade the Old Martinez as well, which uh, I I just can't remember the name of them, which is 
very remiss of me. They do a sort of gives you that kind of corporal. I know, um, Dave, you are uh, a, 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 a purveyor of uh, vintage electronic music instruments. I mean, this nearly goes back. I mean, you've got that double manual. Um, uh, uh, gosh, what's it called? Tape Chamberlain, Chamberlain which is similar thing, yeah. similar age, I'd imagine. Uh, no, I, I don't think Might it's be. quite as old as this. It's Barry Gray's Ons Martino. Uh, like, that kind of puts Jeff Wayne's CS80 into into the shade, doesn't it? Everything about this, <laughs> I absolutely loved. I kind of, I just had to stop. Normally, I glance through things, but I just had to stop. It's. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I've used one once, but it wasn't working properly, which I understand they want to do. Um, so it wasn't an amazing experience. But I did do some stuff with a band whose name must never, ever be mentioned. It might begin with R. And uh, they, he, the keyboard player, has, um, I think it's an analog solutions. You know, the controller so you, where you use the little ring. And that was really amazing. Uh, yeah, everything about this, the speakers, it's all really, I don't know what it is. It's just all really kind of considered and lovely. And I'm really disappointed that considering all I've done for Gaz, he didn't nick it for me after the event. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. This is the Analog Systems French Connection, which is, uh, uh, looks like it's got the ring and the, the the keyboard there. So, yeah, you've got access to and various CV outputs. So you've got that as an input device. And that's really, yeah, very, very cool. Great Those music. Things. I mean, Barry Gray. I, I wasn't really a big, uh, a big watcher of that. Of that show. I mean, I was aware of it, but I didn't watch it. But uh, you know, it just wasn't. Dude, but that was my life. My life was. Well, dude, Captain. Well, you can't really see it here, but Captain Scarlet. Ah. Hey. <laughs> my stage name for years was Dave Mistron. That was that's quite entertaining. Uh, and I have to say this. I know I said it in the email. I'm at a pub locally. Um, Jerry Anderson used to live locally. And uh, I'm at a pub and all of a sudden I kind of recognise him. And it was brilliant. Well, not brilliant for him. It was brilliant for me because he was going through a divorce. So he was sort of sat at the bar, almost, you know, kind of in the drowning my sorrows mode. So I was able to go out and be really, really annoying and just tell him how much I thought everything was brilliant. And a million years, and, and a few years before I'd been to, a, I even went to a, fa this is how sad I am, I went to a Fanderson because you couldn't buy Captain Scarlet videos in the 80s because idiots like me as kids were throwing ourselves out of the windows thinking we were indestructible. <laughs> so they kind of, there was a kind of ban on them in the 80s. They yeah. were, I, I, th I believe they were classed as a video nasty, which is really, really funny. Uh, so I had to go to a, a Jerry Anderson convention, which is like in Russell Square somewhere. And all I'd done was gone there to buy a load of Captain Scarlet videos. And uh, there was a fancy dress disco on that night. And I copped off with a woman who was wearing a Moonbase Alpha wow. uh, costume. <laughs> in, uh, not the Moonbase Alpha, you know, the Moonbase and UFO, which, of course, UFO yeah, yeah. for me. Aisha Bruff, if anyone's my age, Aisha Bruff, she was. Uh, anyway, I won't. Gabriel Drake. I mean, I know. Yeah, all of them. Right. I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> wow uh, oh i'm just looking now i want to see what this uh, this this person may have looked like so an outfit somewhat like that an outfit exactly like that wow yep. that sounds like and a it, fun evening it was one of the best evenings i've ever had ever, ever. <laughs> and i really wasn't expecting it as well it was just like whoa there's a fancy dress disco it was i have to say it was also quite sad because there was a conference and you've got people like Shane Rimmer, the, the actor. I know that sounds like a really funny name, but he's, you know, he's like Felix Leiter in the early James Bond stuff. And uh, he was also in kind of UFO and various other things. And he, oh, Ed Bishop, they were all there anyway. It there was oh, and Ed Straker's car turned up outside the front. Yeah, you know him. Um, and there were these people asking, it was like a Q&A session in the conference. So people were kind of going, oh, uh, the adult content in uh, episodes uh, 14 to 19 of UFO meant that it was a 10.30 uh, viewing at night. Do you think that led to the demise? And these people were just going, dude, it was a paid gig. I don't know. But I also met the guy, Derek Meddings, who did the special effects. I, it was quite an experience. 
Wow, that sounds uh, really good. So, yeah, that sounds the sort, of, the sort of fan conference that one would enjoy because now, obviously, those guys are, are, are getting on a bit if they're not, if some of them are not still will are with us. Um, so, you know, to actually enjoy their company, uh, fantastic. Um, Mark, uh, did you get a chance yes. to watch this? Do, 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 does this have a similar resonance for your kind of childhood viewing? Here's the re- um, we got so far off topic. I'm going to start with the as far off topic as you can go, and then I'll come back to it. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was about 25, I used to have horrendous panic attacks, and I went to see one of these uh, hypnosis kind of people, and she lay me in a chair, and she took me into my subconscious mind to find out why I was having panic attacks. And I told her, my subconscious mind told her that Mark thinks that he is Captain Scarlet. And he's going to do something really dangerous. So I need to protect him by making him have a massive panic attack. So wow. uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, because I've not really been cured of them properly. Um, but it's just sort of like a weird thing, because my mum wouldn't let me watch it after a point in time, because in the 60s and the very early 70s, they were just they had this thing about kids jumping off roofs, pretending to be either Captain Scarlet or Batman. So um Oh, you know, uh, it, it, it was the th- it was the 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 thing, wasn't it? But um, it and so and from that and from then, I had all these Captain Scarlet badges that I used to wear when I was in my sort of mid twenties, um, as a sort of a, a depiction of my subconscious self, perhaps. Huh. But going back to the video, what I want to know is how they make things resonate because I've tried making things resonate here, and I'm really interested in making electromechanical musical instruments and whenever i try it i can't get the damn things to resonate so i've got like sound bowls you know like big brass sound bowls that theoretically if i hit the in the same way they're doing it with the china symbol if i hit the resonant frequency of the sound bowl i should be able to get it to sing and i've tried all sorts of different ways of doing it and i can't get it to work so if anybody knows how it how to do it i would love to know and then I want to be able to put water in it and to make it make patterns on the surface of the water. Cymatic so, you know, resonance. Wow, yeah, what, okay. This is what do, living in Glastonbury does to you. But, <laughs> I mean, how fascinating are those instruments? I mean, just, I just, you wouldn't, I, I, I hadn't kind of made the correlation between the way they're making sound and the sounds. And, and just, I had just sort of assumed that a lot of those sounds were things like uh, more modern electronic instruments with, you know, uh, uh, the sound shaping that we're used to now. Huh. So there you go. It's raised some questions for me. I, uh, you know, because he makes it look fa- fairly easy. Well, I think and I'm the, I th- using the wrong thing. I think the thing that uh, for me was amazing. And when you consider, you know, he was using like a forty-piece ensemble orchestra to make this yeah. music. I mean, and I'm I'm not familiar, but the stuff that that, that was being played on the night, uh, and of course, you spoke to. Uh, uh, Jarvis Cocker, which was a bit of a star, uh, a star spotted moment. And he was singing Aquamarina, and it, some of the music. I mean, that was probably the more well-known one. There was some really mad stuff. There's the beginning of one of the tracks that just sounded exactly like Steely Dan to me, and it was just <laughs> like, wow, this is this is really advanced stuff. And this guy was obviously, yeah. I mean, you see him, and he looks straight as you like, really kind of like square-looking guy. But he was coming up with this amazingly kind mm. of complex music, and being allowed to do that for kind of this uh, for, at the children's, time, for children's for children's television, TV, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I when I first, well, when me and Andy from Sonic first arrived, we uh, the there were some rehearsals going on, and it sounded like Uncle Meat era Zappa, you know. Wow. <laughs> and I was sort of like thinking, "Cool," you know. It really did make me reflect on how, even though it was for children's, essentially children's TV, it wasn't in any way dumbed down music. Well, I mean, yeah, some of it's kind of like poppy, but it, there was a there's real artistry, proper artistry in the music, and the sound of it, hearing it loud and big like that, very different from it coming out of the the old yeah. TV, was just jaw dropping. So that in that different environment, and I, I. I thought it was amazing because Barry Gray, you know, his name has slipped out of the, you know, 
out of the consciousness of a lot of people, really. You know, I think. Uh, well, I confess, name... I'd never heard of it. You know, it just wasn't right. something I yeah. knew, knew at well, all. Well, lots so... of people, lots of people. But um, it I was think funny that was to hear. The... Sorry, guys. Go on. No, this. Um, no, 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 no. It was funny <laughs> when you were talking to the, uh, you know, the orchestra dude, and he was saying that you know a lot of people mm. hadn't heard of him, but I think. During that era, what happened was he got confused with, say, Bar- um, John Barry. Mm. Ah, okay. From the kind of old Ipcris file and all of that kind of stuff. And he kind of, you know, eclipsed it, really. Yeah, well, some very similarities. I mean, the thing that I was reading up on this, and he used uh, these things called late motifs, which are apparently where you have a, a melodic line that represents various different kind of machines and rockets and, and places. And he he was a great exponent of that, which John Williams was too. And I, I'm guessing. Um, John Barry as well, thinking about it, was probably doing a lot of that stuff. So it's quite advanced techniques for the for the time, you know. I suppose. Yeah, Mark. Can I um? Can I throw in some wild synchronicity here now? Okay. I, I decided that I'd look up Jarvis Cocker because I've got Wikipedia in front of me, and I'm reading through it, and it says, Personal life. Soon after signing to fire in November 1985, Cocker fell out of a window while trying to impress a girl with a Spider-Man impression Whoa. and ended up in hospital. Whoa. See, his mum didn't tell him. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> he's the same age as us, isn't he, basically, or around our age. Wow, that so, is so there that you is, go. So it really is dangerous. That is well. There was another little fact is that uh, Andy, um, who went over to film, Andy from Sonic, uh, my, uh, my business partner, he went to university at the same time. Uh, I think I don't know where it was. It might have been in Bath, and, and apparently did hang out a little bit with Jarvis and and sort of brought that up. But obviously, it's just too dim and distant past. So there was a connection there as well. Bizarre, but it's a great video. I thoroughly recommend it. Fantastic yeah, job really. that you and Andy did, Gaz. So uh, yeah, re- really, really so good. Fun. And I think it's it's the sort of thing that will probably have a bit of legs as well. It'll just you know build and build because it's just not something you can see anywhere else. And also want to thank the, you know Giles Hazelwood and Adrian Utley for making it happen and also mm. the people of St. George's. They were really, really accommodating by all accounts. So hopefully... We might be able to do some more things there because I think there's some uh, theremin stuff coming up, and it'd be, just be really interesting because it's an easy it's an easy gig for us, generally speaking. Well, certainly not for easy for me because I didn't have to do anything, <laughs> but, but which is which is kind of good. But yeah, good yeah. work, guys. That was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, totally really pleased. Right, um, I think that's probably uh, we're getting really close to the end. I know, Mark, you might might want to talk to the about the ST4, but I'm just. I, I, it's it's five o'clock. It's five o'clock, and I've got oh, to well, I've got to move on. So week. we'll have to we'll have to fit it in another time. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody for listening. Just just before you go, uh, we should just remind you that the Ozone Seven competition uh, from Isotope. Uh, if you want to enter, no, you don't do that. You do this. Uh, you tweet the hashtag just sounds better and the hashtag ozone seven to at sonic state and at isotope inc uh, it's just a simple tweet but add some extra comments we always like to see what else you've been writing as well send us a message you know if you can fit it all in you've got 140 characters hashtag just sounds better and the hashtag ozone seven to at sonic state and at isotope inc to win a copy of isotopes ozone seven thank you very much to them for sponsoring the show so thanks guys uh, it's been a pleasure as ever thank you very much Mark for joining us uh, I guess we didn't get rich I, I think it was probably earlier in the morning than he thought um, the chat room is awash with comments about ways that I could uh, make my singing bowls resonate but I want to do it with an oscillator so I want to be able to play an oscillator into the singing bowl so I've been trying to do it with speakers or coils or ah. whatever and it's not worked so I don't want to bow it or do it uh, mechanically, you I want, want to do it electromechanically with some kind of, and and the the thing that I saw in that video was he had a China symbol with some kind of device that was well, it actually hits it playing though. tones. It's a transducer and then the wasn't it? was resonating. Yeah, it's a transducer. I and think the thing with the guitar strings as well. It's a what? It's a transducer, isn't it? Which is is basically but, yeah. But I think. It must be very loud to make it oscillate. Mm, um, maybe i mean maybe it's just down to the actual uh the vibrations of it hitting you know so it's it's in tune with whatever's coming out so it's it's just like a it, yeah, yeah. Well, i don't know well that's I've something i've not had any success somebody will tell me how to i'm do. sure well but thank you thank very you much very much for having me anyway. you're welcome and i'll thank stop waffling and, and i'll go away <laughs> well thank you mark and also uh gaz they look like you're getting what's that that looks like some kind of a stormtrooper outfit <laughs> no, I'm just putting it together at the moment. It's got the UR18 and a and the MacBook. Sorry, the iPad. 
Oh, that's your mobile oh. mobile rig. The whole the whole shebang, yeah. It's so much. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm a bit blown away by this actually. Oh, actually, that just reminds me. Yeah. We forgot to mention that we're doing a, we're doing a Sonic State Live at Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, today we were going to launch the whole concept of it, and I completely slipped my mind because we were talking about other things. But yes, if you want to get in touch, uh, basically, um, we're going to be doing a performance which has been very kindly organised by Gaz, uh, and there's going to be a bunch of people. Uh, I think Mark's doing it. Myself and Gaz are going to do it. We've got some other people coming along. Uh, they're going to be little short sets, but there'll be a bunch of people there playing live electronic music or otherwise at Salt mm. Cafe in Bristol on the 26th of March this year. Mm. Uh, you can get through uh, to it. Uh, I've made a short bit.ly URL, which might be useful, which is uh, bit.ly slash Sonic Live Bristol. So if you go there, it'll take you to the ticket ordering place. We're selling tickets in advance because it's quite a small venue and we don't want people to turn up and find that, you know, they're disappointed. So it's only a fiver. So it's not it's not going to break the bank, but lovely to see you there if you can make it in person any of you uh listeners out there or watchers whoever you are um there were there are details on the site as well but yeah, Gaz, yeah. so it's going to be quite exciting not, i think not many tickets left though so if you are interested get them soon because yeah. they will i think i think it will i can't remember I what url you said what did you say again it's <laughs> bitly slash yeah. sonic live bristol all one word lowercase but yes so thank you uh, yeah. So we're hoping that, that well, it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm yeah. currently uh, trying to work on a few uh, of my ambient noodlings, uh, <laughs> which will be will take up. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually, I think what I'm actually going to have trouble is making it short enough in the end because it's so easy just to yeah. let just play it one works. note with a 20 second reverb. But what's that? You only need to play that about a hundred times, and then that's it's, nearly 20 what, minutes. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm going to do though is I'm going to set an iPad with a countdown timer going. Yeah. No. Good plan. So everyone right. can just at least see their time slot yeah, as so it counts down. How many minutes see, have I got? Fifteen. Okay. Oh, that looks I like, emailed you actually. Hold on, it's Rich Hilton. I think hey! Uh, oh, wait, I, hold on. I emailed you, guys, because I had a question about microphones. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a. Yeah. I'll have a look at that. I think I did. Um, I need to talk to you though. Okay. Yeah. I give me a bell. I need a microphone, and I can't use this. Hey, it's Rich Hilton. <laughs> Just beamed in. Hey guys. I, we, looked at the, we looked at the local time. We thought there's no way he's going to make it. Six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I thought I was an hour early just now and I realized I had miscalculated and I'm in fact an hour late so <laughs> but, well, well the, a late entry is good Rich just uh, just uh, well we can introduce you and then say if we were just wrapping up but yeah, Rich you're actually in uh, Maui where you've been playing a gig with uh, Sheik right that's true has it have you done the gig or are you going to do the gig we did the gig last night ah okay how did it go it went well. It was a corporate show for SAP, which is a software company from Europe somewhere. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, as corporate gigs do, you have an earnest small number of people at the front of the stage at the beginning of a show. And that number grows over time to some extent. But it's not quite the same as a paid gig where people have bought hard tickets to come see you because they're not really there to see you. Ah, yeah, I got you. So you got to work hard. Yeah, but as always, we won them over, and it was a full moon, the fullest of moons. It was beautiful. And, wow. Uh, and uh, it was actually quite a nice gig. Oh, great. We're outdoors? Yes. Yeah, I Oh, wow. I mean, that just wow. sounds like total disco rock and roll kind of like jet set. Tell me you've got a private cool. jet. Just, just lie to me. <laughs> No, 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 commercial in the back of the plane. Ah, uh, okay. Not, nothing nearly that glamorous, but uh, at least not for me. But so, uh, it was great. Now I'm happy to be here and uh, have basically the whole day until the evening today to enjoy. And uh, then this tonight we begin a rather lengthy flight process home, including a long layover in Seattle. Ah, right. So, so you Can get to see the view. So you get to hang have out. You've got a view in front of you. Uh, well, I mean, it's six, it's seven twelve in the morning. Oh, is so it the not sun's like... barely come up. It's, ah. it's a little cloudy. Out. Can we see it's, the sunrise? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have anything great to show you right now, <laughs> other than what's on Facebook already. 
Yeah, let's we, just stay on till the sun comes up. We can watch the sunrise with you. Well, <laughs> I'd love to uh, facilitate that, but I sadly have uh, have a little bit of uh, extras to do. But uh, that's fantastic, Rich. So I'm, so you get to hang. What you what do you do on a day off in Maui? Oh, worship the sun. Uh, I actually have a very good friend here, who, uh, when I met him, worked for Casio. Subsequently ah. worked for Insomnic. Is that Jared? Worked for Borg. And actually, Mark knows him as well. Yeah, tell him and, I uh, said Dave hello. Might know him too. Uh, his name is Jerry. Jerry Kowalski. Uh, I know him. Kowalski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, s- I know him. I oh, saw. Oh, we all know him. <laughs> I saw him in. Uh, I saw him at Nam, uh, and he's living the life, isn't he? He he sort of not not retired, but kind of stepped out of the of the rat race, and is now living on Maui and flies back in for you know whatever it is that he's doing on a, on a, on a, on on his own terms, which is. Uh, it is infuriatingly brilliant because uh, that's obviously what we'd all like to do at some point. But yeah, well, say hello to Jerry from us and we wish him best. So uh, if you get a chance to, I guess, what would you, what do you eat? Like lobster or something? At, go out for lunch and eat something oh, fantastic. We ate, we ate some marinated tuna that he got yesterday. It was off the hook. It was so good, so tender and so flavorful. And uh, we spent yesterday about, I don't know, two and a half hours sitting on a glorious beach watching whale breaches out in the water and talking about our favorite music topics. It was really enjoyable, and I may see him again today. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm so pleased for you, Rich. Thank you so much for joining us. That was awesome. Um, and uh, but, but as I say, I am about to wrap up, so I, don't, I hate, hate to cut you off in your prime, but um, we've I had understand. a fun show. But hey. I'm very glad that you managed to, to check in from Aaron. We did see there were some fantastic pictures of, as you often do, is like, this is my office today, and it's the glorious Pacific view. I guess it is the Pacific, isn't it, out there? Because the, the, you're right in the middle of it in, uh, in Hawaii. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's, a, it's almost as far to Hawaii from mainland US as it is from the UK to mainland US, isn't it? It's a really long way. It's further, I believe, from Seattle to Hawaii than it is from New York to London or wow. or whatever. That's bonkers, isn't it? Bonkers. You really get a scale of the size of the ocean and uh, everything there. Fantastic. Anyway, Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated from your desert island gig. That's awesome. <laughs> And I was actually did I I I, I was I, did I say goodbye to you guys because we were just talking about the um, the gig that we're show. putting on the show. Are we going to try and live stream it as well? I think is the plan, isn't it? So uh, that would be great if we can do that because I think it's only a little venue, so I think uh, it'd be really nice to be able to share it with people. I think. Yeah, we're um, going to see if we could do that. I'm not going to promise anything just yet, but uh, we'll hopefully do that. And like I say, all you have to do mm-hmm. you head over to uh, it's Bitly slash. Uh, Sonic Live Bristol, and that will get you to the ticket place, and you can buy a ticket there and see if uh, see if we go. But yeah, but we've sold more than half, so I don't know, and that's only in a few days. So I'm quite pleased with the, the results. When you consider the subset of people who are probably interested in mm-hmm. Sonic State, who might be geographically located close enough to be able to make it to a gig, it's uh, wow. in Bristol. Pretty pleased with that. So, uh, Dave Spears, thank you for joining us too. We could okay. uh, we could go and dream and maybe look at uh, at sunset pictures of uh, of Maui now and uh, and wish we were there. <laughs> uh, well, I you've been you help. you've been Dave, so you know you could you you could at least have the memories. I've never been to Hawaii. That's a long shot away from uh, from my world. It's about a hundred thousand years ago. But there you go. Yes. Oh, Richard. <laughs> I, I think Richard is likely to pay in jet lag at one way or another. I don't, what's the time zone difference, Rich? Six, seven o'clock in the morning, uh, well, so nine hours. It's, it's ten hours, actually. Oh, ahead is, or back? Uh, be behind. Ah, actually. okay, yeah. Um, so it's now seven sixteen in the morning on Wednesday. Right. Yep. Yeah, so ten hours. What? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So because uh, uh, LA is eight hours, isn't it? So ten hours is yeah, excellent. Right. Well, uh, on that uh, cheerful transatlantic, trans-Pacific note, uh, we will say thank you very much for watching. That was Sonic Talk number four hundred and thirty-eight. We'll see you next time. <laughs>